is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Back in the zone, zone, chased by McCarr. The dynasty will be denied. And a new legacy begins. They reach the summit. And the Avalanche are 2022 Stanley Cup champions. And there you have it. Great work by our tech master, Josh Santos, with a sound up of Chris Cuthbert, Greg Simpson, Hockey Night in Canada. And there you have it. Colorado Avalanche down the Tampa Bay Lightning 2-1 to secure their third cup in franchise history and their first since 2001. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee here to put a ribbon on all of it. In your 2022 NHL season. What a night. What a finish. And yes, we need to say it. The best team won. JB, what did you get out of last night? Uh, what a what a deserving champion the Colorado Avalanche are. You know, uh, great leadership core there. Landis Gog and, and McKinnon. You know, guys, passionate, hardworking guys. Kale McCarr being, you know, kind of, I want to say stepping to the forefront as the best D-man in the world. Oh, I don't know if that's too bold to, pro- to proclaim, but boy, he's won absolutely everything. The Avs just had more juice at the end. You know, you said the better team won, and I agree. I will say the the better team of what was left of the teams won because that Tampa Bay team was just torn to ribbons by the end of it all, weren't they? I ended up... uh, Go ahead, Sammy. Get your thoughts before we move on. Well, I I was just going to say that um, I thought the the Avalanche played the most perfect third period I can ever remember a team playing. So true. And, like, listen... And a lot of that has to do with how dead the bolts were. Like, you could actually just kind of see it happen. Like, they just didn't have any pushback. Kipper, you nailed it in our group chat saying that they were done. But Kipper said that with nine minutes Avalanche, left in the third. They did not get a, give them a sniff. That was lockdown, defensive hockey, discipline masterclass by those guys. It was unbelievable. I tweeted a picture on the last commercial break. Yeah, I love that. That uh, uh, a friend of mine was at the game and sent me a picture of both benches. And there must have been about six and a half minutes. And on one side is Colorado, and you can almost see uh, every guy huddled in. And you could just see the, the focus and the energy to close out the six and a half minutes. And then you looked on the other side, and Tampa looked like they could not piss another drop just a boxer who'd been hit too many times and you know they're about to get knocked out guys gasping for air you know just going for skates to test injuries i thought that that picture was really it told the story it's a renaissance painting and for the first time and we had this conversation right start of the first round with the leafs and I know, Sammy, we're going to get into that with Kadri and, and all of it. It's just one of those conversations you cannot avoid. But it goes back to what we said in the first round. The Leafs and then others followed needed to give Tampa a reason to die, to quit. And that was it, JB. Your, your, your comparison to a, a prize fight. 
is 100% that you you go and swing a punch and there's nothing there. And that's at the end why Tampa Bay could not get their third Stanley Cup because Colorado finally gave them a a, a chance to quit essentially. And you hate using that word, but that's yeah. When, when you have nothing left, you know, that's that's the best word you can use and and it's with honor. I say that with complete respect and honor for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but there was nothing left. Well, it's crazy because they did the things that Tampa does so well. Vasilevsky was unbelievable. They only got scored on twice. You know, this high-flying Colorado Avalanche team, you know, offensive juggernaut, speed, speed, speed. We talked about them. How many goals did they score in, in that series against Tampa Bay after, you know, they had the shellacking early on? The last four games, they scored two, three, three, two, and two goals. Like, Tampa Bay shut down their offense, but they just couldn't score. They had no juice to push through Colorado's own defense. And in the end, the lack of ability to score, no third line to score. They, they couldn't get enough. I know we already had the NHL awards, but I'm going to hand out uh, John Cooper for uh, King of Kipper Clippers all season. Oh, the heart trophy I, of the He of stole the it from awards. Sheldon. He, he snuck <laughs> in in the playoffs. And he How stole fitting. It from oh, sorry, Sheldon. Sheldon Keefe had <laughs> lost the title. Uh, regular season, we give it to Sheldon Keefe. But in yeah. the playoffs, we give the the king of kippers clippers uh, to john cooper so let's i, I want to play his his clip on how far the bolts got let's go to john cooper it's, it's tough because it's so raw uh, we haven't been through this feeling in three years um but you if you take a step back i don't have a speech prepared i didn't think we we're gonna lose the game so um it's hard to come in five minutes after, and, and so you just speak from the heart. Um, but you remember the teams you win with. Regardless of the league you're coaching in, you'll always remember those teams. And you don't remember as much the ones you don't win with. But I will always remember this team for what they endured, what they went through, to get to this point, it's, you have to marvel at them. It's a little shock and awe of what this group accomplished to get here. I believe him when he says, I didn't expect this, our team to lose. I didn't expect this team to lose. I mean, based on what yeah. you've seen in the last three seasons, 100% he was expecting a game seven. And and that's yeah. not always the case when you hear coaches. They, like, come on, players <laughs> no, have felt we it. We knew we were you, done. You know you're Here, done sometimes, yeah. Yeah. that you just yeah. don't have uh, intestinal fortitude to, to push on. And, and players feel it, coaches feel it, but this team had every reason to expect a game seven based on their, their last three seasons. Yeah, you know, in the last three seasons, last few seasons, they found one from Yanni Gord or Blake Coleman or someone found a way. Brandon Hagel couldn't give him one. Alex Kalorn gets stuck on zero. You know, Nick Paul, what do you have, four in the whole playoffs? Like, it's not like those guys were... Sorelli could barely hold a stick. Sorelli might have had one. Like, 
as good as those guys were, they were unbelievable. They played through injury. They are not again. I am not knocking what those guys did, but they just couldn't find one from their depth. Where in the past, their depth guys found them big goals. Wasn't there for them. And uh, I don't know what what the reports did. Did the media rush out to find out everybody's injury, or was that kind of left alone last night? I I didn't hear. I didn't hear anything about. Yeah. I haven't heard any updates on what guys had aside but from they, Kadri. They, they they had half their lineup taking uh, uh, freezing. I heard the needles that were going in, uh, yeah. and, and on both sides, Kadri couldn't even feel his hand. You you listen to him talk about the trainers tying up his skates last night, uh, and uh, he was in a lot of pain too. It's just and to watch them, boys, every check finished, eh? Every it's all the way through. I, like, it was Ranton impounded a guy with like five minutes left. I was like, man, they're still laying the body. I, I marveled at the Lightning's commitment. Honestly, even till the end of that, like you said, like they've been won two cups or in game six of a Stanley Cup final against a team that's better than them, deeper than them, younger than them. Stamkos is getting down, blocking shots. Like it's just the commitment to winning is the belief. Truly remarkable. The belief, yeah. like, I don't know, it's, I, I kind of agree with Cooper that I'll remember this team because this team is ridiculous that it got this far with how injured they were. Like, how many minutes did Riley Nash play last night? It felt like he was on the ice Too for many. 20 minutes. I know, I know it's, it's like, like three minutes left, they need a goal, and Riley Nash is on a rush. I'm like, it's oh, just, they got no bodies. <laughs> no, they like, everyone's done. So, it's just, it, they had one line that could score, it just... I just marvel at their commitment well, to winning. It's a truly <laughs> remarkable thing. And just the, the mindset. And it was even towards the end of the game. And, and two things that stood out for me were, uh, and I didn't catch this until this morning, uh, but the first uh, visual that comes to my mind is Vasilevsky coming off the ice. And uh, Oh, my God. I don't know, what did he chuck? He chucked a something helmet. in there. He grabbed a, a helmet, helmet and whipped it. Yeah. Was on the was one uh, on the skate sharpening table or something in the hallway. Did he really? And he yeah, yeah. chucked it. That's well, do you think not it was a that guy. helmet? Do you think it was the helmet he put on that he switched to and he thought he no, should have made that one mask. save? I don't oh. think it was a mask. I don't oh, think I don't it was a mask. That. I think it was a, just a player's <laughs> helmet. Yeah. And that's not a guy that that reflected moments after after the game saying, "Hey boys, what a great run!" run. Oh, and we, we still close. got two cups and we're really happy. No. That guy was pissed. pissed. Off. Yeah. Well, that's so, piece. let's listen to John Cooper on We're Not Done. This team does not can, seem ready to go ahead, Sam. Can I ask let's you? Hear it. Can I ask you guys a question before we get to that Cooper clip? Yeah. The helmet thing, Simmer was all over it. And that's how I know Simmer is a true, like, superstitious hockey guy. Because it should not matter. The helmet thing should not matter. It's not a thing at all. It's a helmet, it looks exactly the same. But Simmer's like, oh, I don't know. I don't I'm know. With that's Simmer. That's weird. Like, uh, he, like immediately he was on it, and they go down, they score. Well, he's wearing the other bucket. Like, I yeah. that is the weirdest superstitious thing that I I feel like there was something there that there shouldn't have been something there. Yeah, I believe I, in I, that too. I'm with Simmer. Me that, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- there's a Sammy. You don't start the game and guess the mask that you want. <laughs> do, do you know what I'm saying? Correct. Yeah, of you course. You are picking the, the mask one that night. you're wearing is the one that you pick. Therefore, it's the one that you'd rather have. So when you go to the second one, whatever the case is, it's not equal. So 
you know, whether or not it's a superstition or not, whatever your energy feels, that that mask is second choice. It's and, like standing, and in that instance, yeah. there's an energy that follows it. At least that's my belief. Well, for me, it's just like it's standing over a three-footer or it's standing over a three-footer with a fly on your neck. Like it's just something else <laughs> to think about that you shouldn't be thinking about, you know? Like it's just any yeah. minor mental distraction, uh, it, it makes a bit okay, of difference. Okay, be- before we go to Cooper, the other one that I noticed this morning was the 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 waved off icing, which I'm kind of shocked that the official uh, didn't give one of the best the defensemen of the in the doubt. world the benefit of the doubt on that. But it was one. the right call, and like, it right. was the right call. So yeah. a, a gutsy one there. I got no issues with that. Okay, yeah. we all know what the defensemen do. They take that extra look over oh, their shoulder. Yeah. They slow it up, and and most often than not, you're right. JB, they get the benefit of the doubt, not in this instance. But then as he's coming up the ice, Kucherov's on the bench, what we think might have been a broken stick, and he's not ready to get one back, and he chucks his gloves at, I think, a trainer. Did you catch any of that? No. That Tampa team was pissy. Uh, they were, on, you know, Sammy catching the Stamkos slapper at the official yeah. last night. I- I gotta well, be, that was. I'm, can I put? Yeah, go he ahead. He didn't do that on purpose. Can I push back on the fact that they were pissed? Everyone's like, "Oh, these guys are acting like babies." No, like, they're not acting babies. No, I, but I agree. They were acting like I agree. They were desperate. They knew they were, that they could feel it. They were acting like a team that just will do anything it takes to yeah. hold on to what they have. It was correct. And, way, and they I've it, said eh? this all along. I, I like sore losers. I like people that don't accept it, like a Vasilevsky coming off the ice after two cups and now uh, had all, all the accolades in the world. People are talking about him as one of the best goalies, uh, you know, if not now in the world, in history, in the playoffs, money. And that guy's coming off a sore loser. I love that guy. I have evolved from my younger days, and I now share that belief, Kipper. I like sore losers. I hate I hate the year. I love seeing the guys who hate to lose. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, Sammy, I'm with you. I, I didn't think it was excessive. It was a team pushing for in every direction, yes. squeezing every drop out of every avenue they possibly could. Oh, yeah. people clutching right. at pearls because Maroon swat. Yeah, he tried to slash him. He was pissed off. It's hockey. Relax. Like, everyone's like, oh, he tried to maim him. Oh, it's like, yeah, it's the Stanley Cup Finals. He's pissed off. Please. Anyways. We got we got Aaron Ward in about 10 minutes. He's always great, always fun, um, candid as can be. Uh, we're going to have some fun with him wrapping it up as well. And then uh, after the break, we're going to get into a goaltending uh, conversation. Why not? Because it is officially silly season right now, and we know what's going to happen between the draft and free agency and how crazy those talks are. So we'll get it back into a little bit of a, a Jack Campbell uh uh, scenario, uh, but before we do that, do you want to go to John Cooper talking about this team not being done just yet? Let's do that. We're not done. Like the last eight years, we've been to six conference finals, and uh, that's what you know. What today is today is a crushing loss, and we, we we played this whole season to get to this goal, and we finished two days short of winning our like being a part of history but this group is part of history and you people we should take a step back and sit here in a league as i said is stacked against 
the cards. They want parity. To go to, a, to win 11 straight playoff series and whatever it is, like third all time, like these guys are right up there with the 80s Islanders, uh, the Oilers, like those teams you talk about for decades. I hope people talk about that group in there for decades because young hockey fans coming up and they're watching the same team parade to the final every single year. You can't, it, you don't do it by fluke. And these guys warriored their way to that point. Well, that's uh, another Kipper's clip where he ain't wrong. You've got coming back next year, no, no contract issues at all on Vasilevsky, Hedman, Stamkos, Kucherov, Point. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You're good. telling me they're not right in the thick of things again next year? Wow. Yeah. I got to tell you, I love watching Kucherov play. I, I just think he's so – he makes such difficult plays look so easy, and I know that he's – yeah, you don't know what you're getting every night, but, boy, he makes a lot of nice hockey plays out there. Wow. And then so we go the on to the Colorado now? side. Let's let's yep. go abs right now, Ed. Uh, we're going to most remember this cup – around the avalanche what you thought maybe would have been a a nate mckinnon show didn't end up that way he was terrific um, but did not produce the numbers or or the goals that maybe we would have thought that they would have needed this one guys is on the back of what and uh the obvious one is makar but outside of that where do we go here where do you want to go kipper (laughs) <laughs> I, I think it's impossible, Sam, Sammy, to not go to Naz Kadri first. <sighs> yeah. Take a deep breath, Sammy. Just take a I deep agree. breath, bud. Seven game-winning goals in the in the playoff run. It's Not remarkable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he was... Including uh, he a was Stanley a Cup winner. I'm uh, sorry. It's, it's including a Stanley Cup final winner with a broken thumb yeah you know? boys this this avalanche team was just the sixth team ever to win a cup with four or fewer losses total they swept nashville they lost twice to st louis i think both in ot maybe either way two losses mm-hmm. they swept edmonton tampa oh, took two off them like this team barely lost and you, you can't do that without a guy like kadri behind the guys like mckinnon and the landeskog and you know all, the, all those top names he was a pivotal you mentioned seven game winners in the playoffs boy what a run well while we can declare john cooper the mvp of kippers clippers in the playoffs we will declare kadri with the kipper clipper quote <laughs> of the year oh, Mike boy. dropped on this one I mean I've had supporters in my corner from day one never wavered and uh, you know for everyone that thought I was a liability in the playoffs you can kiss my ass <laughs> I don't think Elliot and Amber had anywhere to go after that <laughs> they just <laughs> nervously chuckled and then Mike dropped, as I said. Yeah. The, the grin Who's he talking to, Sammy? Sammy. See, I've never seen Kadri look that happy. That was his happiest Sa- moment of his life. Sammy, 
he looked straight into the camera and was talking to who? Uh, I don't know. Who do you think? Say it. <laughs> Say he's it. talking to Dubas, 1,000%. There's no way he's not – that's not directly at Kyle Dubas. He might as well have said Kyle. He might as well have sent him a text. Yeah, like – Yes. <laughs> no uh, you know what? kidding. I know you guys know I know Kyle a little bit. I bet that pissed him off. I bet that – Oh, that, yeah. That, I bet that cut. You know, like, I, do you guys think he, th- he might have th- thought it was funny? Like, ah, you got me? Or do you think you pissed him off? Uh, there's nothing funny about that. <laughs> Zero. Although there's lots Zero. funny about right? it. Um, but if you're Kyle, it's I think just, it's not that funny. It's just uh, stating the obvious that uh, up until this point, uh, you know, if Kyle was to reflect and, and look at some of the good things that he's been able to do, this one will be down as the worst leaf trade in history. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, all I know is right now at home, Alex Kerfoot was watching Kadri talk to Dubas and going, come on, not again. Leave me out of this. No, think about Have this got- for a second. Think about Have this. you guys? Okay. Sorry, go ahead. I, 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 I got to revisit this. Just, like, you're going, <laughs> I, can't I don't know her. about that. I, I, uh, well, no. I, I, well, I can't go through the history of all the Leafs trades they've ever made and rank no, them. Right, I, now. I have a list. I know that, but 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 you gotta you gotta revisit this. Just and I can do this in all but thirty seconds. And why I consider this the worst Leaf trade God. in history is because this was the last year of Kadri's deal on a four point five. You traded him for essentially all you have left is is Kerfoot. So you saved a million dollars and you got Kerfoot at three and a half and Kadri at four and a half. And Kadri, the decision to get rid of Kadri was because you got Tavares in at 11 and you gave up six and a half million to go get your defenseman and maybe a third line checker. That trade may have cost the Leafs a chance to win a Stanley Cup this season. Oh, yes. I completely agree. Oh, probably so did. somebody. <laughs> Somebody tweeted me last night because I sent out a tweet, a sour grapes tweet about about Kadri, uh, and I was getting a little bit of heat. But somebody sent me this. These are the these are the other ones that are in the conversation for the worst Leafs trade, and there's a lot of bad ones, boys. Rask for Raycroft is a horrific trade. Courtnell for Cordick, sorry Gordo, that's not a great trade. Curvers for a first-round pick that turned into into uh, Scott Niedermeyer, and then we go back. Bernie Perrant for a first and Doug Vavell and Sittler for uh, for Costello in a second. So those are some yeah. really bad yeah, but, trades. But, but they don't That's compare. Five bad Sa- ones. Sammy on on a, on a strictly uh, man for man. I, I get all of that, but what Listen, those with trades you, what those with trades you. didn't do is hold you back on other things. Those trades did not handcuff you. And the ultimate decision to replace Kadri with John Tavares was a disaster. Okay? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not Hey, listen. I'm not disagreeing. I think Today, it's the worst of all you time. You would have rather have Kadri in your lineup even up over Tavares, even up. Forget about the six and a half it cost you to pay Tavares, but it's it's what it didn't allow you to do to advance your program. 
the decision to get rid of the 4.5 and bring in the 11. That one nailed you. That one shut down your program. It, it maxed it out. You couldn't go any further. That's, that's where this trade takes you right to the top in terms of the effect that it had on your organization. I mean, 100% agree. I don't know that Kevin winning that the good. cup last night, like, shone new light on this revelation. You know, this is not news no. today to me. This is... But the, it hurts but way more. But, but, it, but it hurts way more today than it did yesterday. And you know what? When no he doubt. said, kiss my ass to Dubas, he, he also inadvertently said it to, like, I don't know, 6 million Leafs fans who also said you couldn't win with the guy. So I think it's a pretty wide-ranging effect of that message. I like it. All right, let's bring in Aaron Ward, a guy that knows uh, this time of the uh, season well, three-time Stanley Cup champion, uh, works on the NHL and puck handling track, tracking uh, for, for Technolog. Uh, Aaron, uh, can we pick up the, uh, the Kadri conversation? And, you know, when you revisit uh, uh, the disaster suspensions as a Toronto Maple Leafs and then following it up with uh, another uh, uh Suspension against uh, uh, versus St. Louis on Falk and where he is today. Did you did you see that at all, or were you one of those guys that said, uh, "Yeah, you can't win with this guy"? The guy he was talking to when he said I could kiss his ass. That uh, when when he's talking when he's on when he's on live TV and the questions posed about you know the people that stuck with him, I think he's in his right. I mean, those are the moments in sports when you're on live TV that you get your aha moment. And I think it was fantastic that he took it, that he took it in the way that he did because there was no misinterpreting what he was thinking, what he was saying. I am one of those guys that covered him when he was in Toronto and shook my head when he did the dumb things. And I was the guy that thought to myself, at what point is he mature? And he did. So you saw over the course of this year in particular that he matured in his game and was all world. I mean, honestly, let's be let's be factual that the guy, the guy played beyond expectations, and that's what we maybe expected to, to come to light at some point. But there was also that lingering thought of yeah, but and that yeah, but always was going to be: can he put himself in a place of thinking about team first and not reacting? And over the course of the playoffs, whatever happened. I mean, this is a guy that was a gamer. And I can, I can look past the, 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 the St. Louis deal in, in light of, you know, it's, things happen in competition. But, you know, he had a history. He had, to, he had to play away from that history, and he did so. So I think he was right. I completely was a guy that, that was thinking, I don't think you can you – can, you can't bank on the guy because there's a volatility to his game that I don't think he's, he's reasoned with or, or resolved. But – here he is, Stanley Cup champion. Good for him. But I got to take issue. I got to take issue. He was the first guy to, that I saw during the celebration with goggles on. And <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought hockey players were better than that. Like, there's a reason. Until dispensaries came around, the real reason the hockey players should have eyes like that was because in celebration, it's a rite of passage. You should have beer and champagne in your eyes. You should walk out and look completely stoned for the reasons that you just won the Stanley Cup. These guys, unless you're getting paid by the brand to wear those those goggles, I'm I'm I kind of I'm going to discount their celebration. <laughs> 
I like I like the logic that hockey players should be just dumb enough to prove how tough they are. I'm not even going to argue with it. I like your point. Um, speaking of injury, you know, I'm looking at this series, Wardo, and looking at Colorado, and I'm going, who was awesome for the Avalanche? Six games against Tampa Bay. Uh, in that particular series, there's not really a name. Like, McCarr was the best player, but not really a guy where I'm like, you know, Kemper was amazing, or this guy. To me, the story is that Tampa Bay just didn't have it in the same way. How much is Tampa Tampa's injuries part of the storyline for you versus what Colorado accomplished? convinced that even in spite... So had they gotten point back, I still believe Colorado is the best team. They would clearly... Yep. He would clearly put Tampa in a different position. But here's the truth. For me, skill will always dominate until skill cannot keep up with the speed. And what Colorado has assembled, to their credit, after you know being last place was a 16-17, an organization decided, and this is unimaginable in the modern era, to actually be patient, stick with a coach, give him an opportunity to actually prove himself, stick with a core group of guys to create a culture and there's something to be said for the, the foundation of a team that, that going forward has learned how to win in spite of the odds being stacked against you. Learning how to win when you just plain old suck. You have to go through the negative in order to find the positive and learn to win. So for me, I don't know if putting point back in that lineup for Tampa necessarily tilts the balance of, of the series in their favor. I just honestly believe Colorado is just that good. And truth is, Colorado is playing with a debilitated lineup. Like, Landis Gog not even practicing, right? He's basically going out there for games. You had a good number of guys. Just, it's always like, I always love listening to the other fan bases and the people that don't know that act like the Stanley Cup champion somehow made it through the playoffs. No injuries, and that's why they won. Like, that is the Buffalo Sabres of 2006. That fan base still points out, yeah, but we had no defensemen. Yeah. Well, we were on the beach every single day, living it up between games because we were healthy too. It's like the truth is, the war of attrition took place. I just believe, honestly, I'm with you that outside of Kel McCarr, and I'd love to talk about him. Outside of Kel McCarr, nobody really dominated, and Tampa was unable, unable, and I I don't understand how, but that's a a testimony to a Colorado team that I thought was incredible offensively and was going to be deficient defensively. Somehow found a way to play really good defense and protect their goalie because Tampa did not expose the weakness of goaltending in Colorado. Like, for me, if you could get to Kemper consistently, that was going to be your your recipe for success in in the playoffs. And they did not expose Colorado. And I think, I don't know if that's a a testimony to to Colorado as as good as they were defensively, because you always think about, wow, Colorado's running gun. They go, they, they, they transition, they're amazing. You don't think about the defensive end, and they ratcheted it up, and they were pretty solid. But they could, yeah, um, they could get a sniff um, in the third, Aaron. Not a sniff. They got, they got like one one major chance in the slot they scored on, and after that, I don't think Tampa got a whole heck of a lot that penetrated the the the, 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 the scoring areas. It was it was utterly amazing, and you think to yourself, like, it's good if you look at that decor. You're, you're, you've got a group of guys like Bo Byram like, played unbelievable yesterday. That guy was, I mean, I'm a defenseman. I was in awe. There's not a lot of times that I've sat down since my retirement excited to watch hockey. I like watching certain guys. Like, I'll tune into Edmonton to watch McDavid and Dreisaitl. I'll, t- I'll tune in to watch Matthews and Marner. I'll, I'll pick teams to watch because I want to see individuals. 
This is the first time in a long time I've tuned in because, God, I love watching that team. Like, I can't even fathom doing that, being that, having the ability to, 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 to play with that style every single day. That puts me in awe because I don't even understand how they do it. The Kill McCarr thing for me on that decor, uh-huh. I always, I always wondered because, it, you know, we have our fathers or grandfathers to talk to us about, like Bobby Orr. I played with Mick, Mick Lidstrom. That guy could direct a game. Kill McCarr dominates a game. And it's the first time I'm like, and I played with Nick. I watched Nick. Nick could, Nick could control a game. Nick was never out of position. But there wasn't a dynamic part to Nick Lidstrom that exists in Kill McCarr where the moment you get a puck, he's like, oh, good. I, I, I'm watching the game. Like, good God, he, he might go end to end. And he does it. And I've never seen guys of high-level skill like Hedman retreating because he, there's a fear in his game that this guy who plays defense might make him look like an absolute tool on the ice. That, that my friends, is, is an indication that this guy is not just a generational talent. Like, I, I'm, I'm excited for the next 10, 12 years to watch this guy go because he's amazing. And he's already put himself in that conversation with the best players uh, uh, in the world and, and in history. Uh, uh, Brian Leach, same thing for me. Uh, when you watched a guy that uh, could take control of a hockey game and, uh, and dictate it, Makar was able to do that uh, for Colorado. Uh, I just want to uh, go back a little bit here on, on the Vasilevsky-Kemper uh, conversation. And uh, you guys are, have been known over the, the last few years of, of crunching numbers. And uh, usually this time of year, the conversation is that uh, NHL teams will copycat your Stanley Cup champions. Uh, but the conversation of uh, teams moving forward, either looking for a Vasilevsky or waving that off and saying, can't find, <clears throat> excuse me, can't find one, or or do we go to the Kemper model? And Kemper didn't have to, it, Kemper in no ways came close to outplaying Vasilevsky in this series, but he didn't have to. So what is it moving forward here for you, Aaron, that uh, teams are going to be looking for the next Kemper or they're going to be scratching the surface for uh, uh, Vasilevsky? with Vasilevsky because in the town I live in, and I'm this this you, you might get a laugh out of Toronto, um, I mean, they feel as though had they had Freddie Anderson, this would not be the circumstance they're in. I mean, no slight to anti-Renta, but, you know, Freddie Anderson makes his team play differently, makes them feel differently. As as an, as a group out there on the ice, you, you, you play with a little more reckless abandon. So to, to, to look at what you're saying, I believe – you want to find the Vasilevsky because it's like it provides you a level of certainty in, 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 in your games, but they aren't out there. So I think you by default can go to, to the Kemper idea. Like, I know Kemper's a free agent. I would not be shocked. And, and of course, I'm not a GM. I'm, I'm sitting in my house in my living room, and that should tell you enough about it. Uh, I wouldn't sign Kemper back. I would look for another serviceable guy because if unless Kemper looks at this big picture – and goes from the hometown discount, wants to be part of something great again, I'm not, I'm not blowing the budget on him. I think there are others just like him that I could bring in that would, you know, it might resonate with them. They're going to play with an incredible group of guys and, and have an opportunity to do something special. The Vasilevsky thing, even in spite of the ebbs and flows of his playoffs this year, which was different, like he was bad in some games. And I, I would tell you that I did not, I did not, feel like he gave his team 
a, a fair fighting chance in the first few games of Stanley Cup Finals. Like, you know, even if it was it was tipped and it went through his legs, there were some leaky goals there that I don't know if he was tired or just trying to find himself again. But he, in most of the series, he didn't start off fantastic, but ended it all world. Um, so I, I don't know if you can go out from a team perspective. I agree in the copycat mentality of this league. Uh, there's not best, There's no other Vasilevsky around. Uh, unless, unless Montreal wants to, to, to trade Carey Price, but we don't know how Carey Price's health is. We also don't know at his age if, if he's capable of, 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 of doing that still. So I, I believe the model of, of the Kemper is solidify the group in front of you, play a solid system, and, and hope for the best that the guy provides you just even average saves or average expected saves for, for you to progress forward. How about uh, Jared Bednar? This guy co- you know, plays in the minors forever, coaches in the ECHL, wins a championship, AHL wins a championship, now NHL wins a championship there. A lot of talk about John Cooper and you know his him being the longest tenured, most successful coach in the NHL, but Bednar deserves a little bit of love for navigating this Colorado team, does he not? Think about what, what you just said, and, and I, I fully back that. Imagine being a player that's playing for these guys, right? I hate about the National Hockey League. We are the greenest league in the National Hockey League. We love to recycle coaches. Love it. I mean, all the guys, like guys that have been fired four or five times, why not? Give them, give them a chance. Give them, give them another one. What are they going to do different? It is an, it, it's an endorsement of looking beyond what you're expected to do and actually putting the work in to find a guy that in a modern day has – evolved into understanding this game now not just how it's played but how the players function right what what they're thinking so aside from whether or not you think cooper whines on occasion to the to the to the the fan base or to the media or to the referees or the league whatever that guy is unbelievable at relating to his players now we got the next guy he's playing against in bednar now we have three consecutive stanley cups where the guy who who wins the stanley cup the head coach can relate to what these players are going through. Imagine that 20 years ago. Imagine Mike Keenan giving a flying rat, you know what, what a guy's dealing with off ice, what these guys are confronted with in, in, in uh, their everyday lives. These guys have progressed through the ranks properly. And so when I'm sitting there as a Landeskog or a Stamkos, I respect the fact that I put my time in to get here and so did this coach. And so I'm going to play for this guy, and I'm probably going to play differently at times for him because of the fact that I know his level of investment that he, he put in trying to get to this place. So it would be interesting to see where, you know, I'm, I'm, hearing, I, I'm hearing what? We're hearing Quinn is going back for his third or fourth interview in Boston. I'd be interested to see the remaining jobs. If I'm Winnipeg, I'm taking a flyer. Somebody put their nose into the dirt, start finding a guy that's worthy of a new position, and see if that guy resonates with that locker room. Well said, Wardo. Listen, always appreciate your time all season long, just not today. And uh, we still got, I think, another week and a half, two weeks to go. So we'll we'll call on you one more time uh, before we wrap things up. Really appreciate the uh, the effort today, pal. I'll be at the draft, so you can get my non-draft expertise because I, I only know the first. <laughs> I only know the first two guys because their names have been repeated like twice. <laughs> Love it. Might might be uh, two more than uh, we know right now. So uh, uh, definitely we'll take you up on that. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks, guys.
Thanks, Wardo. Okay, before we go to break, uh, let's let's give Bednar a little bit of love on what he was feeling uh, at the end of the game. Can we throw to that clip before we go to break? I was nervous as, as I could be, you know, and I didn't even know the time when it was ending. I seen guys, like, start celebrating on the bench and looked up, and I was like, there's still seven seconds left. What are we celebrating for, you know? That's kind of the intensity that we had uh, back there. Um, but I liked what we were doing. You know, we kind of got together on the timeout for the five on six. We knew it was coming. And guys knew their assignments, and we just told them stay aggressive and, 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 and assertive and would do whatever you got to do to win the hockey game. And that's what I was seeing on the ice. I was seeing it all the way from the second period on it. Stay aggressive. He's never stay gonna, assertive. He's, he's never going to win a Kipper's Clipper award. No. But, uh, <laughs> I tell you what, he's, boys. Got a Stanley I Cup poured ring through right his, now. I poured through his audio this morning. He's just like, he just doesn't, he's got no pulse. He just, he's just <laughs> cool as a cucumber. He, he, barely, Cup. he barely smiled. Like he did, like, he's just like, oh, it's just, it's hard to, you know, if I can't believe this happened. It's like, man, <laughs> let loose a little. <laughs> he will. It's a tequila. He will yeah. behind the scenes, I'm sure. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, Appreciate uh, your efforts of uh, listening us, uh, finding us still on our brand new time, Uh, whether it's uh, iTunes, Spotify, Sportsnet 590. We're glad you're along for the ride. After the break, we're going to get into what Larry Brooks talked about from a Leaf perspective and the interest from the New Jersey Devils on goaltender Jack Campbell. That more after the break. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to get into uh, more goaltending talk. Jack Campbell, Kemper, Darcy Kemper. Uh, we mentioned him earlier in the show, but where, where does this leave Colorado in terms of signing him back as he becomes a, a UFA? But as far as... Uh, Again, putting a bow on, on Colorado, I think it should be mentioned, uh, the, the work that uh, Joe Sackick did with his team uh, and, and what they were able to do at the trade deadline. Right. And uh, Luckinen, Josh Manson, wow. What contributions. I mean, it's, oh, it's hit and miss. Dream we know. stuff. Right? But the deadline, you go out and you, you pick up a couple of guys, and Lekkonen scores the game winner to take him to the cup final, scores the game winner in the cup final. Manson's mowing guys over. Cogliano's flying around, killing penalties. Unbelievable job at the deadline by, by Joe Sackick. And it is swing and miss that time of year. And you just hope that uh, you, you bring in the, the right mix, the right characters. And, uh, yeah, for me, Josh Manson. Uh, has put himself in a very good position <laughs> to sign a contract next season. Oh, my gosh. I, I, he's just so uh, – he's got that great bit of edge to him, doesn't he? Like, every time he runs at a guy, he wants to hurt him. And I know that we're not – we're supposed to pretend that that's not polite, but, boy, that's great. <laughs> really love so, a guy looking to put the body through someone. So if if you were Darcy Kemper's agent right now and you just won the Stanley Cup, I mean, what 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 is your first thought? Is that uh, I'm gonna Bennington, end up with a massive contract, Grubauer. or do? Where do you go with Darcy Kemper if you're Colorado? Aaron said that he wouldn't bring him back. I think that would be based on the fact that he would expect a, a huge payoff. But 
Is there really a big payoff out of Colorado heading his way when he didn't have to uh, steal or stand on his head to win a Stanley Cup? I think so. I, there's a lot of guys who got big paydays who didn't have to steal or win a Stanley Cup. They don't even win Stanley Cups. What did Ulmark get? Five by five? Grubauer yeah. got six by six? Yeah, he's going to get money. <laughs> there's just not enough guys right now who can wear the mantle as someone who can, can win for you as a starter. Not enough guys. Which brings us up to the conversation yet again about uh, Jack Campbell uh, here in Toronto. Uh, and while we assume that there's dialogue going on, uh, it just doesn't appear like the Leafs are, are interested in, in in giving him hard numbers here, guys. There just doesn't seem to be a sense of urgency. And uh, the question is, is have, have the Leafs... Uh, you know, change their thoughts about Jack Campbell and uh, making any type of commitment to him, let alone a long-term one. What is going on? Why no offers? I got to believe it's a negotiating tactic. Don't you, Kipper? Try to, you know, they're not in hot pursuit, not driving the number up, not bidding against themselves right now. Like, I read a thing uh, today, who was a Larry Brooks or someone put out there, that New Jersey would be interested in signing Jack Campbell. You know, it, it does feel like there's more noise around him from other places than there is in Toronto. I don't know. Just to I touch mean, on Larry simple. Brooks, uh, part of uh, his reporting is that uh, sources are telling him that uh, New Jersey may even attempt to uh to jump the process for for dealing him uh, to get the rights uh, where they oh, really? can negotiate exclusively on him, and you know if if that's the case, then if you're the Leafs, wouldn't you try at least one attempt at a an offer, uh, even though it might be a lowball offer? Four times four and a half. Say, do you want it? And then he goes, not a chance. And you go, all right, then we're going to go grab a third round pick from New Jersey. Right? I mean, it can make sense. Did, makes sense for Sammy, New Jersey. Did, did, did you see the Leaf souring on Jack Campbell at all after the season? I just think they're really scared to pay him. <laughs> that's, that's it. Like, I just, I think it comes down to the lack of track record with him and the shaky, the massive dip in the season this year was eye-opening for everybody. Like, if he had kept up that that pace that he had going on, maybe not that full pace, I think there would have been less hesitance to maybe pay him. But I think there's a true belief that this may be not the guy that you can depend on. Don't you? That's kind of how I feel they feel. Like, if there's, there hasn't yeah. been an offer, if there hasn't been dialogue, like, they obviously are a little bit concerned about okay. this. Okay. I, I... I, I get that in a perfect world, but as we know in in, in goaltending, uh, the goaltending world in the National Hockey League, it it is so far from from perfect. So it's one thing to maybe nitpick, and maybe that's not the right term I should use when it comes to bringing Jack back or not. But then you got to jump right into a who are we going to replace him with? Who yeah, is let's... better out there? Who can provide us? more and there is no guarantee out there is there any names that come to mind for you no that isn't listen, cost the guys who've won stanley bucks? cups the guys who've won stanley cups recently are like it's anti niemi and matt murray and jordan binnington and darcy kemper and let's not act like jack campbell isn't in that class he is he's one of those guys 
you just got to get a guy in that class. Uh, you know, maybe you try to you're trying to keep the number down, but you're right, Kipper. I don't I don't see who you're going to go get that is clearly an echelon above that. And before we go, I do want to get that McKinnon clip in. I don't know if we have time. Kipper, oh, something else yeah, on let's do it. Good, good, good call on that. Uh, so what do we have here, Sammy? I, I don't know this clip. Yeah, uh, let's. Uh, he got asked about Sidney Crosby, and uh, he gave this excellent answer. Uh, we can play it now. Well, he better be coming. Uh, I've been. I've been the drunkest guy at two of his, so he better be drunk at mine. Uh, but it's cool. I have my name engraved on the cup with uh, 87, my idol, and along with all the best players that ever play this game. He's, so, got I've been the drunkest guy. <laughs> I, he was asked if he was going to be at if Sid was going to be at his cup party or whatever, I guess, and he said, "Yeah." He's like, "I've been the drunkest guy at his party, so he better be drunk at mine." I I, I love the that. The using a must, weapon at a party. Oh yeah. <laughs> That must make Sid feel so old, you know? Like, Nathan McKinnon was my, he, he was my idol, you know? Like, that, that must make him feel old. I, I, I don't know if I ever recalled before winning the Cup in 94 if I went to anybody's party, but that, that if, if I'm a player and I haven't won it and I'm at someone else's party... I know, I did think that was it, a little surprising. Would, it, I, I would be drunk and, and, and <laughs> crying in my beer, too. That would be a horrible feeling. Well, now so Sid can him. have it. All right, thanks, Aaron Ward, for joining us. We're back again tomorrow on Real Kipper and Born.